This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10OFF, T-E-N-O-F-F, for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. Welcome to this week's episode of Everything Went Black. Welcome Amy Sabin of Shadowlands from Portland, Oregon. I discovered this band uh, a little over a year ago. I'd been digging deeper into this really cool scene of uh, darker Portland bands, including Murderbait and Dry Wedding. And you guys might refer back to those episodes where I talk to those guys. Uh, Shadowlands, very cinematic dark pop and a very very great band and um it was really cool to talk to amy we cover a lot of topics including the formation of the band the cinematic approach to the music collaboration that sort of thing so please check it out she's been cool enough to provide a playlist for us and we're starting to get back into that for a while we were doing these cool spotify playlists and uh, amy's kicking off the return to that on everything went black if you dig this show, please check out the other Horsemen of the Podcasting Apocalypse shows. Kicking the week off, we have Brandon Legion's Horror Wolf 666, a great interview show covering luminaries in the horror world, actors, filmmakers, writers, etc. Occasionally, some of us uh, also appear on the show as guests to discuss things all horror-related. Tuesday, Into the Necrosphere, brought to you by Jackie Smith. Wednesday, of course, is Everything Went Black. I return on Thursday for Necromaniacs alongside Mike Skindato and Jeff Kashid. We finish the week strong with Spitball Media featuring Mike Skindato's brother, John Draper. Saturday is a day off. Sunday, Carl Hikara comes at us with Soul Knox. Carl and I are also doing a collaboration called Darkness Weaves, where we cover the work of Carl Edward Wagner. We just wrapped up phase one of this project, which was the short stories in the collection In a Lonely Place. We're moving on to more of Wagner's work. Lurking in the shadows, we have our newest member, Iblis Manifestations, brought to you by Cheyenne of the great band Trivax. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon for as little as $1 a month, $5 a month or become a sponsor at $25 a month. Each tier gives you access to bonus content as well as early access to the regular shows. And um, yeah, so far we have a really cool community going. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Uh, it's interesting how I found out about Shadowlands. Uh, Casey from Murderbait and Davey from Dry Wedding, who have uh, both appeared on this show over the years, uh, hipped me to Shadowlands because, uh, you know, Casey plays drums in that band. And uh, 
Yeah, the whole story is really interesting because um, my friend Ralph Schmidt, who also sort of co-hosts this show with me, turned me on to Murderbait, and he sent me the EP, um, and I was right away uh, completely blown away by how awesome that was. And then we both just sort of descended into that Portland world of just really cool, dark music, and and that's how I found out about Shadowlands. But the uh, there's a there's a lot of connections between dry wedding shadowlands and the unfortunately late great murder bait so uh so yeah let, 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 i want to know the story <laughs> um yeah so late great murder bait it, it rhymes um that's funny uh well don't be too sad because there i think there's going to be another project real soon from those guys they're getting it worked out um so that's good because they were amazing and are amazing. Um, so I'm actually married to Casey yeah. and um, Murderbait was a band for a long time and and really has been, in my opinion, three or four different bands, but they've sort of kept the same name and Casey has been the constant and the, the songwriter and visionary behind all of it. Um, sometimes with more or less collaboration, depending on who the members are. So when we met um, as friends at first, he was in Murder Bait. And then um, we started dating. And um, pretty soon after our relationship was getting more serious, we started playing music together just for fun. And I was like, I'm never going to be in a band with a partner ever again. I'd said that before, but um, Casey's just such a creative person and such an incredible drummer that it was really hard to say no to. And he's also so easy to work with. Um, that was kind of a no brainer to start a project with him. And then at the time, um, his friend Jason was his roommate and, um, we all just had a jam session one night and, um, I invited along, a bass player when we decided that we wanted to do something more serious with it. Um, and this bass player and I had been in a band together for different bands together for many years, a um, couple decades <laughs> at the risk of dating myself. Uh, okay. Hey, you don't uh, have to uh, feel uncomfortable with <laughs> me. I'm probably the oldest guy that listens to this show. So believe me, don't feel comfortable. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm very young actually. Um, <laughs> and uh yeah and so we started shadowlands and jason and i the the guitarist at the time just had a real um we had a lot of overlapping musical taste and excitement and honestly we just really loved spending time together and um had a lot of excitement for being creative together and and that's kind of how that that band started um and then uh dry wedding Davey moved to Portland I don't remember what year it was but he was kind of in our circle like we um he and Casey became friends maybe even before uh, before he moved to Portland and and they were communicating online which is something I'm terrible at and I just don't like that <laughs> I social media all of it I I'm terrible at it but um those two had a connection um he moved to Portland they started hanging out um they were friends and then um we all became friends and eventually so fast forward 
he is in a partnership with my twin sister <laughs> and yeah, that, actually, I, yeah, <laughs> I think it's okay to share that um they're actually getting married um oh, it's so I'll have to, congra- I'll have yeah, to congratulate so, him definitely yeah. okay <laughs> pretty soon i mean i i almost um i almost outed them and they hadn't told any family members yet um on a radio show that i was interviewed for a few weeks ago and i was like i didn't mention it i didn't say anything and davy said oh actually it would have been fine so um thanks for the permission davy to tell a bunch of people your story uh so yeah so they're a couple and my sister happens to have replaced our guitarist jason as the guitarist in shadowlands um maybe like a year before the pandemic hit she joined the band so yeah it's this very like tight-knit like happy family now (laughs) is um yeah that's the sense i got from it was that the whole thing kind of came together organically because you know Mm -hmm. both uh casey and davy had been uh you know pumping you guys up to me because it's um yeah through knowing them they got to understand the type of music i like even though the music that I make isn't necessarily within the realm of this type of stuff, but I have a huge fondness and appreciation for, you know, darker pop influenced music. And, um, and when I, when I first heard Shadowlands, it was like, it sounded old and new at the same time. You know what I mean? Has anyone ever described that that way before? No one has described it that way, but I really like that because, um, I I worked at a music licensing company for a while here in Portland. And every time I played my music for someone there, they would say, oh, it sounds really 80s. And I hated that because it's really not, I mean, we're not trying to be an 80s band. I mean, they would say it sounds vintage, which would make me laugh because that shows how these were like 20 year old kids at the time. (laughs) Um, Or some of them were even younger. but it's not really meant to like fit into one era or point in time. And I draw from a lot of influences. So I really appreciate that you hear it that way. Well, it's, it's like, um, like when I listen to the music, it has this feeling of um, like anachronistic sort of uh, timelessness, you know, in a way where um, it could exist in the past and in the present at the same time, you know, and uh you know, I spent a lot of time with uh, 003 and the um, the Perfect Void single that came out. Like that was what, mm-hmm. tw- last year, right? 2022? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was something I would listen to driving around a lot. And um, it's very good driving music. You know what I mean? Oh, Night- nighttime, you know, the open highway, like that sort of stuff. And it was something that like we, we I was in Portland last year. Um, and that was uh, one of the records. Those two pieces were things that I drove. I did all the night drives, like the overnight yeah. drive. So I would listen to that all the time. And, and I was like, this is perfect, like nighttime, you know, driving music, you know, timeless yeah. feel to it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um. so when did, how long has the band been around and is the band collaborative? Like how collaborative is the process with the band? Um, God. I don't remember what year we started. It feels like forever and no time at all. I think partially because um, of the changing cast a little bit. I mean, having my sister join the band to me was such an intense personal 
moment that was really wonderful and also a little scary. Um, but that really changed the band for me in a lot of ways, um, on an emotional level. But um, getting back to your question, uh, so I th- want to say it must have been sometime around twenty third. 2014 2015 maybe a little later so we've been doing this for a while there's actually another demo that we don't even have out for for public consumption but I would say the first year or year and a half maybe longer we were just trying to figure out what the heck we were doing um like what the sound was that we were going for we were all writing songs in fact Casey wrote a song and I'm playing drums on it and he's singing it. And it was licensed for a movie called Terrifier. <laughs> oh, really? It's in that movie? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I, it I'm is. a huge horror fan. And, uh, yeah, that's, us uh, too. <laughs> wow. Okay. And yeah, it's Arthur, funny. Arthur Clown. Yeah. Yep. I haven't watched it. I'm scared to, like, maybe I should watch it tonight. Um, I'm terrified to watch that movie. But I always wanted to have a song. And this is before I was working at a music licensing company. Um I wanted to have a song in a horror movie and I just like put it out there on social media and somebody I knew is related to the person who directs those movies. And anyway, so they, they had two songs. One was front, one was uh, liberation, um, which is on zero zero one. And I think Casey's song is on the demo. Maybe it is on zero zero one. I have to go back and look, but anyway, it sounds totally different. It's kind of got like a garage rock, um vibe going um and the drumming's like much more simplistic because I I used to play drums in a garage rock band years ago um anyway so yeah at at first we were all writing songs and sort of bringing more fully fleshed out ideas separately and figuring out our direction and um I have never really fronted a band I never um I was always in the back I was a drummer or I was once in a band where we all rotated around on instruments, but I never was like the front person. And I think being in this band with such close friends with such great communication and uh, such a great support system really sort of allowed me to step into my confidence a bit more as a songwriter and a creative person. Um, And I mean, there's just like never any drama. Everything's always so positive that I just felt like agency and empowerment to be a little bit more directive in the band, but um, I'm a twin. I love collaboration. I love, that's like my sweet spot. I love hearing other people's ideas. So I would say like the band is highly collaborative, but I'm sort of the final say in things. Hope that's cool that I'm saying that guys when you listen to this, but I think everybody recognizes now that it's kind of my I'm sort of the driving force behind it. Um, and I do the bulk of the songwriting at this point, but usually every every album has at least one song from each band member. Um, I think 003 didn't, well, didn't have a song from Angie because she was so new in the band and a lot of 003 was me. Um, but yeah, and and like I usually have a concept that I bring or like a mood or a feeling. I, Casey says I write songs like a watercolor painting happening. Like you see the mood and the colors, and you don't 
necessarily see the shape at first and then suddenly it becomes realized and he's the opposite he's like very structured he writes notes for everyone I'm like no no that's not the feeling I'm going for <laughs> and then we build it around that um anyway so I'm kind of I'm kind of meandering around it but it is collaborative with with a lot of um direction coming from me as to like what my vision is I feel like that, that all bands <laughs> on some level, even the ones that claim to be like, oh yeah, we just go down to the space and jam out and write songs. I always, I still feel like there's always one member that is kind of the visionary in the mm -hmm. band, even though it might be more like veering off towards the collaborative side, but there, there, I feel like there needs to be one focal point, you know, mm -hmm. even though it's part of the process. So yeah, I was, I'm not surprised if that's the case here. Either. Yeah, totally. Well, we start on these shows we do we used to do a lot of these playlists you know and um for what for one reason or the other they kind of fell off to the wayside but listening to um the shadowlands and i, I was i'm always interested in in like what are the source material or the inspiration for music because sometimes it you know it surprises me and uh so hence that's what the spotify playlist is we're bringing that back to everything went black play more playlists um, the interesting thing is like in listening to the music, especially now getting prepared for the show, giving it more of a, more of a intentional ear, I'm thinking uh, cinematic, like especially the synths, um, you know, definitely like a cinematic vibe to the songs as well as this. Um, in some cases there's like a, you know, a more rock kind of, you know, drums, heavier kind of vibe to it. And then when I looked at your playlist, sure enough, we got Carpenter <laughs> and we got uh, Sonoya Caves, who I was like, I love that soundtrack, that score for uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and also two Portland luminaries appear on your playlist. We got Dead Moon and the Wipers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all this stuff kind of makes sense to me, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, and I don't know if like, uh, like what I Julie Cruz comes to mind too. I don't know mm -hmm. your fan. Yeah, I am. So the song "The End" you're probably thinking of. I um I forget who I was listening to a lot at um when I wrote that song, but um I was writing when I was writing most of the songs for that record. I was dealing with some pretty heavy grief, and I. I was like, okay, this song, I wanted to sound like an 80s prom ballad, but it's going to be about something really heavy. And and then it sort of, we started playing with this idea with the synths and they're really like patty, like full sounding synths. And um, Casey helped me make, he's really great with um, figuring out how to make uh, original patches for our synthesizer. Um, so we worked on some sounds again it's that like watercolor like we really let those pads kind of set the tone and then jc jesse threw over this very like julie cruz uh um i forgot what that project is called but from twin peaks right yeah. kind of this line um so that's definitely a thing like i love all of that music um and yeah I, we have i mean i was in sort of the garage rock sort of punk scene in a, for a long time in Portland and so that's always music that I love and I I ha still kind of have that at my core um 
And so that sometimes comes out in the songs. Um, or if I feel like we're, we're heading too heavy or too far in one direction, I'll kind of be like, I want this song to be, have more of a punk feel, (laughs) um, or like Casey, let's like make those drums a little more driving. And also he's such an incredible drummer. Like I said, it's, um, I love to take advantage of his skill in that way. Um, so yeah, I'm always going to throw in something kind of fast and dancey too, if I can, because he can play it so well. I feel like like garage music, especially um, you know, Dead Moon and the Wipers, which you know are on the playlist here, are not too far removed from like the sort of dark wave, you know, gothic rock kind of vibe. You know, a lot. Of, I mean, like I always think of the Cramps. How the Cramps are like, you know, definitely drawing from this kind of American old style, like you know, Americana, like rockabilly thing. Mm-hmm. And they definitely have a lot of irony in their in their lyrics, but they also have this like incredible uh, darkness in their music too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like that garage sound, even with the reverb guitars, like you know, Poison Ivy's like reverb guitar, and how that crosses over into like the kind of stuff like a band like Shadowlands would do, doesn't seem that it that doesn't seem unusual that you would be coming out of that scene somewhat, you know. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I mean, I've always, you know, when I was, I put a Cure song in, on here and that's probably because they're a band that I was one of my earliest loves musically and have, I sort of abandoned them as a, I just got, you know, burnt out on it and have like come back to them over and over again. Um, and so I've always kind of had that like post-punk dark wave, like synthesizer sort of um love but you know I've explored a lot musically you know I was a jazz vocal performer in college and um and was like a vocal major and quickly dropped out of music school and realized it was too structured for me um anyway so so like I love soul music I love jazz music I love I have a lot of interests um musically and I I like to feel the freedom to pull from all of those places. And, and I like that this particular group of individuals that I'm playing with is totally down to go there. They're like, this song doesn't really fit, but that's okay. Like we have a new song that we're hopefully going to record this year that I like to call our shadow bait song. <laughs> Cause it reminds me a lot of what um, some of the stuff murder bait was doing before they, before they broke up. It's a little more piano centric it's really heavy gets really loud there's lots of dynamics so um so yeah there we don't like to box ourselves in <laughs> are, are you um a native of portland or the you know in oregon in, in general are you are you from that part of the country yeah angie and i grew up in a little town called cottage grove oregon and it's just about 30 minutes south of eugene where there's a university so um, the town we grew up in was only 7,000 people, but Eugene was just, you know, a short drive. And there was a pretty great little punk scene at the time that we were there with lots of house shows and like all ages shows happening. Um, so, yeah, we're from here. And, you know, I've been in Portland for quite a while now. Um, and so have been lucky enough to really see some incredible bands come and go over the years. 
Now, how much of that Northwest sort of sound like influenced you? Because I mean, there's a ton of you know great bands from that uh, area. Um, you know, as far as like once again, we talk about the Wipers and Greg Sage, and and I feel like like he's almost like the um, I, you're gonna hate when I say this, but it's like the uh, the 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 Northwest like Bruce Springsteen in some ways. No, I actually love Bruce Springsteen. I right, too. I do, but, but you know uh, how, like, yeah, he's kind of uh, like this voice of like a region. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of bands um, from around here are influenced by the Wipers, whether they know it or not, because they're probably listening to a band that was influenced by the Wipers. You know, so definitely, um, there's a band on the playlist called The Estranged that I just threw on because I was thinking about like bands that I've really love that i've seen i don't know if you're familiar with them but um, oh not at all i was gonna ask about they're great very wipers there's a total wipers vibe you should check them out i don't think i think they're completely defunct now but um really loved them um so i thought i'd i'd throw them on another portland band that i would say like their influence on me was more just that their songwriting is super interesting and doesn't really fit into boxes neat excuse me neatly is the span the hunches that was around from like i don't know 2000 ish to 2007 maybe and they they got pretty big they were on one of the last john peel sessions and they were on in the red records um but i'm i'm still friends with i was friends with the band that band but i'm still friends with the guitarist and main songwriter who took um, lessons from Zoot Horn Rolo from Captain Beefheart. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oh, yeah. Eugene as a teenager. And so he's his like approach to I've had so many late night party conversations with him as a young person about like um music theory and how limiting it can be and how we both were sort of trying to learn music theory, but then we just wanted to throw it all away and like burn it down and not understand any of it. So Anyway, so like conceptually, I think um, as a creative person, his music has been pretty influential for me. So that's why I threw one of their songs on there. And then Dead Moon, we actually covered that song one time. That's one of the only covers <laughs> we've ever done. We always talk about doing covers and it just never happens. But we did cover that song after one of the band members passed away. Now I'm trying to remember. Um, it must have been Andrew. It must have been. Loomis uh we played that a couple times and yeah so also Dead Moon is an influence of course one of the things I like about Dead Moon besides their music is that they are this kind of DIY like these these DIY warriors like everything they've done is pretty much on their own sort of terms you know what I mean mm-hmm. absolutely you know, always, yeah I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that yeah, and and also I would say they're not um, super worried about how polished they are, or how perfect their playing is, and it's just all like soul and heart, and like just throwing everything they've got into it. And I I really like that. Um, I find that really inspiring. Um, you know, sometimes perfectionism in music can just make it really sterile. <laughs> and I think that's um, one of the things I appreciate the most about Dead Moon is just like the rawness of their music. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up perfection and all that sort of stuff. And, 
you know, technical, technical, um, you know, musical proficiency and everything, because I oftentimes find myself surrounded by people who are incredible players. Uh, I'm not an incredible player. I barely know any of the theory behind the instrument that I play. And, and, uh, but sometimes that definitely gets in the way. Like when you're, you're, well, some of these notes don't make sense. You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, yeah, that discordance is like what sounds, you know, like the right thing to do, you know, and, and, you know, it's important to have a good technique, I guess, but also there's that X factor in music when you're creating stuff. That's like, I think uh, what, you know, speaking to what you said, since you have training, you know, vocal training and you're, you know, but you abandon it though, to go mm -hmm. for a more intuitive approach, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we started doing opera in, you know, cause that's, you're learning a classical instrument in college um, when you're a music major and, when we started doing that, I was like, nope, I'm out because it sort of changes the way you sing. Um, and I I was it took me a really long time to find my confidence as a vocalist and a front person. I would so I would say I'm kind of a late bloomer, but um I think I I took a lot of like you're supposed to sound this way from the way I was raised, from going to school, and so finding my own voice um was a challenge. And and I just knew like if I kept on doing singing opera that I was just going to end up with one of those people that has a lot of vibrato and just it just wasn't me, you know. So um, so, yeah, I kind of like abandon all of that, but it's valuable. I mean, my my sister continued with music school longer than I did, and she also did piano lessons. I got kicked out of piano lessons like so that's the funny like. <laughs> differences between us but it's really helpful because I can play things and the band will be like what chord is that I'm like I don't know it's these notes and she's like it's this you know she can translate or just like I'll try to explain something to the band and because she's my twin sister she's like this is what Amy's trying to say <laughs> she can <laughs> and even Casey though we've been together for a long time Angie can translate things that nobody else can when I'm trying to communicate an idea. So anyway, tangent, but. <laughs> so, so her main, she, she really is, is like the piano, I guess is probably her like main instrument. Maybe guitar is like her, you know, kind of secondary thing. Yeah. Guitar. She really, um, I think she's played a bit of guitar here and there, but piano is her primary instrument. She sings as well. Um, and she really just, came in she she was like hey I know Jason's leaving the band I want to I'm interested in playing and I was a little nervous because you know being in a band with your sibling much less your twin I was like are we going to be able to navigate like disagreements about songs I don't know I was just nervous about it and also like I went I was like this is my band um, and you're also a singer how's that going to be for you um, so we were able to, to kind of like set parameters with each other and that was really helpful. But, um, anyway, I completely lost my turn at that. I think you were asking me what her home instrument is and it is yeah. piano, but I was really impressed with how quickly she jumped in, like learned all of Jason's parts and then started writing new stuff like right away. She's such a hard worker. I it's, it's awesome. I mean, a lot of times we're sitting around having a drink at band practice, shooting the shit. And she's like, Hey, 
we got to go play music. <laughs> Come on. Taskmaster. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's helpful because I'll be like, you know, talking forever with everyone else in the band. And she's like, let's get the show on the road. So um, it's a really nice, nice quality to have. Yeah, I feel like piano is like the key to everything. It's like I I don't know how to play piano. Like I I have a you know I have a keyboard and stuff, but I I don't know what the hell, you know I just <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, but if yeah. you really understood how if you could master that instrument, I feel like everything else kind of falls into place, except for drums. Mm-hmm. You being a drummer, if I it's like you and Casey being drummers. Like I totally admire that because I don't have that coordination to do four different things you know what i mean i tried and it failed at it yeah it's um well i do think there there is like a tie between drums and piano because piano is like a percussive instrument right but um you're striking different keys and um you have to use different pressure and um the keys are weighted so i I, so I know how to play the piano, but I don't know theory at the level that Angie knows it. So like, I know all the keys, I know all the chords, um, but she knows fancy things like F minor diminished or I don't know, different things that I was like, I learned it and then it was gone. Um, yeah. So it's helpful to know the piano for sure. Um, I think it translates pretty well to most instruments and it's really easy i i find like writing on the piano much easier than trying to write on the guitar that's interesting yeah i think visually it's easier for me for some reason just to look at i i can look at it and i can sort of see patterns and shapes and i just never that never i it's been some guitars is something that i've had a really hard time learning it's like the only thing I really know how to play, and it's a dime yeah. it does. It's like everyone plays guitar, <laughs> and there's nothing special about it, really. You know, it's <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so earlier I was talking about how cinematic the mu- the music seems. Like a lot of the material has this, um, you know, cinematic film score, you know, quality to it. And uh, are you a fan of film? Is like that something? And you know, obviously that one track was in the Terrifier movie. I mean, is that mm-hmm. something that that informs like your creative process at all, like movies and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because um, I I'm a fan of film. I'm a fan of certain types of films, um, but for most movies I can watch it and then again like completely forget and it's like I've never ever seen it but the ones that I like stick with me forever um and so like beyond the black rainbow totally know and love and and so like certain types of movies like that one I I really like and um the idea of like a really great film score is something that I'm super interested in and and just like the you know even when writing an album, like with 003, there was a little bit more of like cohesion between the songs and trying to think of the album as one piece instead of like separate songs put together. Um, and I think I think of it almost like a movie when I'm thinking about how an album goes together, at least at this point. And I don't really limit, limit myself in that way, but if I can create like, a story with the whole collection of songs. I'd love to do that. Now you do that. Is it, is there any 
lyrical connection between the songs or is it like just feelings sometimes there's a lyrical connection i mean i there's certain excuse me certain themes that i tend to revisit a lot um and and at least like with zero zero three i mentioned it there was i was going experiencing a lot of grief at the time a good friend of mine uh essentially committed suicide but he was i mean he died was it suicide probably um and it was a pretty difficult time and so a lot of the songs are about like my thoughts and feelings processing his death um and then just like the circumstances around it so um i'm trying to think if every single song on the record is about that like certainly any of the lyrics most of the lyrics that I wrote for that record I think in some ways touch on them but I tend to like I tend to sort of jump around it's just how my brain works I like topics are coming from all over the place and hopefully they connect somewhere and make sense but um yeah there's there tends to be a theme um not the first two records not so much I think we were just kind of writing songs and then picking the ones that made sense or in some cases like um working to like pull a few extra songs together at the last second to like fill out the record kind of thing but i think you know the next one with that we do um we're gonna have a little bit more of a cohesive sort of overarching theme or set of themes um, I don't know what that is yet. <laughs> you um are are you uh someone who writes in a notebook all the time? Like do you you keep a notebook, you know, handy like over several months or you know? Yeah, I have one notebook, and I also make notes on my phone because sometimes I don't have my notebook with me, and I'll I'll just make like a voice memo or like write down a phrase or a, something that comes to mind. Um or it's just random scraps of paper that I shove into my pockets. <laughs> That's also a thing that happens. And then eventually I find a way to compile all of it. Um, and if I'm working on a song, I'll go back and look through a bunch of trash in my pockets or, uh, you know, my phone and my notebook and see, like, find a way to weave it all together. <laughs> yeah, I do exactly the same thing, believe it or not. I, I have a, several you know, over the course of the years, several volumes of different composition notebooks that I write in. And it's interesting to write that way. And I was, that's why I brought it up is like, have you ever written something and then months pass by and then these two things kind of connect in like this weird Carl Jungian sort of way where it's like this weird collective consciousness sort of vibe to just the creation, like the, the energy of putting these things together in this volume. Sometimes mm -hmm. it lends itself to this these weird connections between the words and the phrases, and I don't know. Has you ever you ever run into anything like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes I'll find that like something I said or thought before and and captured in one of those means suddenly has like a different meaning to me, and is like now tied to this other direction of thought that I have. Um, and I try to write, I've always tried to write um, in a way that's not so like on the nose and specific that it could only have like one derived meaning. 
I'm moving away from that a little bit because I don't want to limit myself um, in what I'm saying and the words that I'm using because it, it is kind of hard to write that way. But I will like I might use a phrase that could mean have like double meanings or mean I know like it might mean something to me, but it's just vague enough that it could mean something totally different to you. Um, I like writing that way. I think it's, I mean, because I want, if people are listening to the music, I want them to like have their own journey with it. So that's kind of why I try to keep it open-ended like that. That's interesting. Cause you know, there's definitely two, two schools of thought with, um, you know, with songwriting where there's like the, the very much like the almost like a diary of someone writing their very personal very literal ideas down and that's like more more that experience with music is more like okay this is i'm getting to know this person through their lyrics and what they're saying in the songs and can i relate to that you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then there's the other school of thought which is more like what you're talking about where there's these kind of um broad objective things that are put out in the songs and then you put you bring your own subjectivity to it and assign your own meanings to some of these things and the words are almost like this like flashcard of of um of uh what's the word i'm looking for like a mo like a it like motivates your brain to like connect it to something like and a I find, painting or something kind, kind of yeah the dot yeah. series of blobs yeah <laughs> yeah that's kind of that's kind of so that's like my favorite stuff you know what i mean it's like mm -hmm. you know like the music the, the band neurosis you know it's like you listen to the lyrics and those songs and like you know that there's some heavy content there but you you know that you have to assign your own meaning to it and that i think is like a very interesting thing with music and that's you know like mm -hmm. uh with with uh with shadowlands like that it sort of weaves in and out of that like there's definitely moments in the lyrics where it's like you're relating to you're putting your own relationship together with the with the this, this the lyrics but then there's like parts like in perfect void it's like you know this is where it hurts you know mm -hmm. that's like mm -hmm. pretty much direct mm -hmm. right on the money you know what i mean and that's yeah, like what is it that what is it is it <laughs> i mean that song like actually in the chorus when I'm singing that I'm talking about a, I'm sort of summarizing all the different points I'm making in the verses of all these different experiences that and so I'm actually talking about like 10 different things at once when I'm saying this is where it hurts um so but but yeah to your point like a lot of the songs I was thinking about on the end I am very there's pretty much only one way to interpret that song like it's about suicidal ideation and choosing not to off yourself. Like there's really almost no other way to interpret that song, but you're right. Like it does weave in and out. It's not, I don't really like stick with one way of doing it. Now, so what, what are some of the movies that you're, you find memorable? We, we touched on that with the, you know, the cinematic quality to Shadowlands. Like, you know, was, you're saying some movies you forgot about ever seeing but what are the ones that actually <laughs> stick with you um well obviously i let we talked about beyond the black rainbow i also really enjoyed the movie mandy i tend to like horror films um and um uh, most of them i tend to remember pretty well um i love i pretty much love 
any John Carpenter film, <laughs> even the, you know, all the campy stuff too. You know, I, I'm sort of realizing like, I, I usually if I like something, it has a pretty good soundtrack. I really, I liked the movie Drive that had a pretty interesting soundtrack when that came out. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like all I've been really watching is horror <laughs> for a long time. I'll see yeah, other pretty much. Um, Kes, uh, Casey, not Casey, sorry. Ha, funny. Jesse, our bass player, and Davey both have like extensive film knowledge. And so I kind of, he, um, Jesse's like my librarian of all things that I need to know about films. I'll be like, what's that one movie? He worked for this really cool um, movie like VHS and DVD rental place that was in Portland for a long time called Movie Madness. That's still, it's still around, but he had that job all through college. Um, and he knows a lot about really obscure films. Um, I also, this is, you know, now revisiting the films as an, uh, you know, middle-aged person, um, I loved all of the like John Hughes movies and some of the pop music that I liked from my childhood, I think was probably really influenced by, you know, like the psychedelic verse or um, that kind of that kind of thing. So when I'm saying 80s prom song, I'm sort of thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, Lo Love My Way or like Pretty mm -hmm. Dick or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I love that too. stuff. And even like um, there's the movie um, Valley Girl, like they, there's some great songs in that movie. Like there's a spark song um, that band. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, there's a band that appears in that movie. It's a ter It's kind of a terrible movie, but I still loved it. <laughs> Sorry, I lost you for a sec. Say that again. I'm still losing you. Oh, the plimsolls were they in that? Yeah, the plimsolls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a million miles away. I think mm -hmm. that was the track. Yeah. Also featuring the great Nicholas Cage, who's in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Mandy, Mandy is probably my favorite movie to come out in the 21st century. Honestly, <laughs> like that that movie rates really high, like on my list of of great films. And um, you know, just in general, Paz, uh, Panos Cosmatos, I think, is like. I look forward to whatever he's got coming out at some point mm -hmm. next. You know what I mean? He's, mm -hmm. I think he's a, the visionary really, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, totally agree with that. And I, I'm recognizing to me, like how much a really great score helps a movie stick into my brain. <laughs> I, maybe that, maybe I'm making that up, but it kind of seems like that might be the case. So fun fact though, beyond the black rainbow we had a nod to that movie in the music video for um, Newborn. And I made like 25 gallons of homemade black chocolate goo stuff that I'm like submerged in. And then I like come out of it. And then I'm like, it's filmed in reverse. And so I'm in like a white dress. I'm coming out of it backwards and I'm, I'm clean anyway. So obviously it's just, inspired by the black goo moment um doesn't at all didn't it was a very diy like backyard music video <laughs> um and i made um black chocolate goo gravy 
for probably like five hours while Casey was building the set in our backyard. Um, anyway, we like making DIY music videos a lot. Um, and I think it's that like cinematic thing. Uh, our music lends itself well to that. And we, we, I really enjoy the process of like coming up with visuals for, for songs. So Casey and I usually conceive of that stuff together. Um, we really wanted to make a horror video for um, the second song on that, which my sister wrote on the uh, um, Perfect Void, you know, single. And it just never happened. But we were going to do a twin moment from The Shining and a few other things. Um, and yeah, so maybe someday. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Definitely. Yeah. So you fun. mentioned that you guys are recording some new stuff. So what what are the plans for that? Is like another single or EP or something for next year? Yeah, we've got um, I think four fully complete new songs, and we've got two more like in the oven cooking right now. They're still we're still you know figuring out all the ingredients and and uh, putting them together. Um, I'd like to pr have at least two more songs though before we finish but this I have a tendency to um just book time in a, in a studio and then motivate myself to finish the last couple songs <laughs> and the same thing happens with lyrics I won't usually I won't lock in my lyrics until we're in the studio and I'm at the microphone I keep changing them and sometimes I don't even have any when we first start performing the song which Casey thinks is hilarious and terrifying but I'll just make up words on stage and it's a really good way for me to just that's part of how I write lyrics is like what's coming to me in the moment and then I'll like write it down after the show so um so anyway that's enough <laughs> so when I say we have songs that are done like they don't necessarily all have lyrics because this will still be a work in progress until we record most likely but this like the drums, the bass, the synth and guitar parts are pretty much all there. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward, <laughs> to, you know, looking forward to that release. Thanks. So where, um, in general, how do, how do people find information about Shadowlands? I know you have Bandcamp, you got, you know, what, what are the, you and I, neither one of us like social media that much. So uh, um, yeah. You yeah, drop some information about all this stuff to the you know so yeah we'll put we'll put it on there i mean i keep trying to farm out social media to the bandmates um part of it is that i got a new job this year and it's pretty demanding um running a youth arts nonprofit organization um and so like getting on a computer after a long day after being on a computer all day is just not what I, not how I like to function, but, um, we do, so we do Instagram and Facebook still, um, we're on Bandcamp, Spotify and Apple music. Um, we don't have a website anymore. I just, it was just like too much. So, um, I would say, you know, follow us on Instagram and we'll post stuff on there, um, as it comes. And, and it has been a little bit quiet in this last year because of the, because I manage all that stuff and because of this job, <laughs> sure. um, but it's all, you know, it's all connected. Like I'm, I'm leading an organization that does like helps kids in crisis or in, in experiencing complex trauma, like use music as a way to, to process what they're going through. So 
I've sort of let myself really invest in that in this last year, which has made song writing go a little more slowly. But now it's been a year as of yesterday that I've been with the organization and I feel like things are kind of settled and I can um, put a little bit more of myself back into my own creative pursuits. So, so it's quiet, but there'll be more to come. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear that. Definitely. So, uh, you know, dry wetting the defunct murder bait. And I'm looking forward. I know that Casey's been working on some other stuff. He sent me some material a few weeks ago um, in Shadowlands. So all, all, all these guys are different. Everything very different. But maybe because the members, you guys share members, there's like, you know, the similarity. Are there any other uh, regional or local bands in the area that you enjoy or have something in common with creatively that people should know about so I, I try to like you know shout out bands that are good and that sort of thing and share yeah. things like that. um i put a song on the playlist by a band called dark swoon from here in portland and there i absolutely love them i would say they have some crossover with shadowlands i mean it's a three-piece um synth guitar and bass and they have like a drum machine um but they're just really amazing and their front person and and songwriter jana um is writing a lot of uh, music for film now like they just got finished their degree at berkeley and they're like oh. that's what they're focusing on trying to do professionally so um so they're really they're good they're really great and we've played a lot of shows with them we were um, on the same label, um, Icy Cold, for a minute. I don't, maybe they'll put out more of our stuff. I'm not sure. Um, so they're great. And who else am I really liking right now? Um, always like the Prids. They're more like shoegaze. They're friends. Um, I don't know. Like, there's definitely some some crossover with them, but I would say maybe not as much as dark swoon um musically uh gosh i mean those are the two i mean there's a lot of other great bands in town there's a lot of new bands i think um a lot did not survive the pandemic <laughs> kind of like marriages and relationships bands also didn't survive <laughs> it was definitely a tough time for people for sure mm -hmm. I'm really excited. There's a punk band called the Red Dons that um, has been around for a while. Um, and also they were the the main person was in this band, the Observers. And they've started playing shows again, which is cool. Um, he just moved back to Portland a couple of years ago. So they're cool. Um, and there's another new band that I saw pop up that's um, that I'm really excited to check out there's one called um cut piece that i'm excited to check out so the upside is that there's a lot of new projects that are coming together um in the music scene um there's a project called lizard skin i was really into a band called nick's division but i think they've officially broken up um and then uh Let's see. There was another one, but I lost it. I'm not going to make you wait for me to remember. <laughs> that no, it's great. Cool. I mean, I'm looking forward. I mean, 
I, I got the playlist. I got to look at the playlist like just a few minutes before we started talking. So, but I'm definitely looking forward to digging into it because there's some stuff that I'm not familiar with on there. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff on there that anyone's listening to this is probably interested in, as well as uh, a representation of uh, some Shadowlands material. Absolutely. But uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. And yeah, uh, tell, tell Casey and Davey I said hello and uh, have enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Thanks. Now. You too. Thanks for having me. Bye. You got it. Bye-bye.